We're in the middle of a series on worship at the moment. Was that enough time to get the verses up, Marcus? Have we done that? If you remember, I left us last week with this verse from John chapter 13. Oh, it's behind me. About John leaning back against Jesus, or in the King James Version, John laying on the breast of Jesus different versions, this sense of intimacy and closeness. And that is what worship is all about. And musical worship is part of enabling that. We're here to worship. And if you remember, we said that when John leans back, he hears Jesus' heartbeat, the rhythm of heaven. He hears the breath the Spirit of God. And he hears Jesus speaking. That small, still voice that spoke to Elijah out of the storm. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a crowded room sometimes and somebody says something to me, they could be quite close to me, but I have to go, you what, sorry? Because there's lots of other noise around. And so often when we listen to God, there's lots of other noise around. And he's okay with us going, uh, sorry, you what? I didn't quite catch that. He's, he's happy for us to ask again and to come back and say, what did you say? Because what I want us to see this morning is the connection between worship and being prophetic, hearing God's voice. And it comes through this. It comes through that choice as we left it last week. That choice of choosing to be intimate. Intentionally leaning against. Any relationship where you don't intentionally communicate with each other doesn't work, does it? I'm not just talking about husband and wife. Friendships. All those sorts of things children, wider families, siblings, all the rest of it. If you don't talk, if you don't listen, the connections go. Intimacy is lost to us if we don't choose to engage in it. And the same is absolutely true with God. It's when we choose. It's when we choose. How does God speak to us? Primarily through his word and we read the scriptures. But if we leave it there, it becomes an intellectual exercise. It's a relationship as well. It's, you know, it's great getting, <clears throat> you can tell my age now, it's great getting letters. It's wonderful. Or emails, I guess, now. Or texts. But it's not the same as being, spending time in somebody's presence, is it? Church is great online. In fact, it's quite easy online, isn't it? Cup of coffee in your pyjamas. Nobody else can see you. But it's not the same. Mary and I had this conversation on the road. We bumped into each other. Yes, it's not the same. And coming together is just special. It's so important. So, worship and prophecy come together in that moment of intimacy with God. Because that's where we can hear his voice. But it also means we have to respond, we have to yield. James 4, 7 says this. 
Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But the first thing first, submit yourself to God. Yield to him. So often I come into the Lord's presence and I'm going, Lord, I need this, I want that. Could this change? Slow down. Quiet. And often he says to me, do you, know what, do you want to know what I want rather than what you want? Now, often it's the same, but often it's not. And when I pray or speak out what he tells me, these things happen. And when I push into what I want and he hasn't given me permission to, guess what? It's hard work. It's very frustrating. And it doesn't happen. Do I get it right all the time? Of course not. Do we all get it right? Any, the point is, let's get it right more of the time by practicing. <laughs> if we don't listen, when we get it right, it's, it's sort of potluck. It's, it's a scattergun approach and sometimes we hit the target. If we only go with our own stuff... Again, sometimes it will coincide. But if we stop and listen and lay aside our pride, our stubborn wills from the hymn that we sang, our proud hearts and stubborn wills, just lay it aside and yield to God. Submit to God. Matthew 8, 8 to 10. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. This is the centurion, the Roman centurion, whose son is healed. And Jesus has said to him, do you believe? And the guy says, I'm under authority. And I'm a man in authority. I say to one, go, and, the other, and he goes, and another one, come, and he comes. Just say the word. He's recognizing Jesus' authority. He's yielding to him. He's coming into alignment. Do you remember that teaching? The hupotasso coming into alignment like the soldiers lining up like they do on the troop in the colour or whatever it is and they shuffle along so they're in a completely straight line. That's the idea here. Coming into alignment with God. Yielding to him. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. This isn't about making yourself nothing and empty. It's about coming low before God in worship. This bow down to kiss, remember? This coming low before God. So that he will lift you up. So that he'll say, okay, you've recognized your position before me. Now, I raise you up. You have been raised with Christ into the heavenly realms. You have been raised up and seated with him. You're already living from your resurrection Self, but it's about humbling ourselves and coming and submitting. So we yield and then we proclaim, we tell out from our soul. Psalm 68 says this, verse 11 The Lord announced the word. This is the prophetic bit the Lord announces the word. When you read scripture, you're being prophetic. Well, prophecy is all about telling the future, isn't it? No. It's parts of it are about something that's going to happen, but the main part about it, it's not about forth telling, it's about telling forth. 
the Word of God. So when you read Scripture, you're speaking out the Word of God into. We had a meeting on Monday with the PCC where everybody brought revelation, um, and we just sat with that revelation, and we didn't take decisions about building projects or anything. We just listened to the revelation. And what really, really encouraged me was the number of bits of Scripture that came. Because that's the Word of the Lord. And one person said, it was, this is great, and I love it. I absolutely love it. One person said, I don't get words, but this is what I, th I think the Lord is saying. And of course, all they had to do at the beginning was, I think this is what the Lord is saying, and it's a word. <laughs> and of course, what they shared was what the Lord was saying. It's fantastic. It's re Sometimes we hear the voice of God, but we don't realize it. And part of becoming prophetic is just realizing what we already hear. You don't have to all hear dragons and shooting stars and you know, all the sea angels and all the rest of it. Some do, some don't. Other people just go, well, look, this, this, I think this is what's going on. Yep. Well, that's not the Lord. You, well, I think it is. This is why I say to you often that the Lord has guided us on things through so many conversations. And the person talking to me doesn't realize that they're being prophetic. But it is still feeding in. So the Lord announces the word, and great was the company of those who proclaimed it. Let's speak it out. Speak out what he says. In Psalm 95, did I put that up? Did we, yeah. Those of you who are Anglican and have done liturgical worship, this is the Venite, which is just a Latin word for come, <laughs> just the first word of the psalm. But actually, if you do morning prayer according to the Anglican, you would say this every week. Come, come, a call from God to come. To do what? Let us sing for joy. It's a frustration of not being able to sing, isn't it? Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. So you're okay at home. You can, you can sing as loud as you want or as loud as the dog will let you and not bark. Uh, but whatever, it's come and sing for joy. Let us shout about the rock. Shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let's come before him with thanksgiving, extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. The proclamation of who he is. That's prophetic. Speaking the reality of God into the world. And it doesn't say be silent about it. It doesn't say, it says come and shout. Come and shout. Does everybody around you know you're a Christian? Not because you're weird, <clears throat> but because everything you do shouts of God. Your kindness, your gentleness, your love, your faithfulness. And your weirdness because God speaks to you. And everybody, anybody says they're weird, you, it says, tells you you're weird, you can turn to them and say, well, you're weird, you don't believe in God. You know, We're all as weird as each other. 
heard a poem the other day all about love. It's when one weird person meets another weird person and they find a way of being weird together and that's what love is. I've paraphrased the poem. But that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Have we got the rest of the psalm? In his hand are the depths of the earth, the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Sing for joy, shout and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. The flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, don't do as you did. Sorry, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did in that day at Massa in the desert. Where your fathers tested and tried me, though, they'd seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with them and would not let them enter my rest. <coughs> I've missed a bit out. There are people whose hearts have gone astray. <coughs> They've not known my ways, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So there's shouting, there's singing, there's coming before to worship. And Romans 10.8 says this. Last one. Did we get that one up? Did I not put it? Did I not give it to you? Okay, don't worry. My fault. <laughs> it's, not, it's not at the back, it's mine. So, intimate, if we're going to do worship and prophecy together, when we're called to be a prophetic community, and worship is key to what we do, there's intimacy and yielding of proclamation. So how does worship feed prophecy? Because it does. It's good, it's a... It's a Virtuous circle, not a vicious cycle, a virtuous circle. Worship feeds prophecy and the prophetic provokes worship. And then the worship feeds prophecy, which provokes worship, which feeds prophecy. And round we go. Upwards. Worship fosters intimacy. Sometimes the worship itself is prophetic. You hear, it's, it's always quite funny at the back. Because when Johnny's leading worship, you have to go, is this a song I don't know? Or is he making it up as he goes along? Which is the prophetic worship. He's, he's singing prophetically over us. And of course, when you think it's prophetic worship, it's actually a song you don't know and you, the words should be up. But that's what he's doing. He's singing prophetically over us and has the freedom to do it, which is beautiful. And we can do that. And we can sing in worship, but there's prophetic worship. Pro worship fosters intimacy by changing the atmosphere. By bringing us into the Lord's presence. Worship releases believers into the Lord's manifest presence. It's not that the worship does it, it's our heart, but the worship fosters the atmosphere to enable it. So Johnny doesn't do something to change us. It's God that's doing it in us and it's our openness to it. But when we do worship and when Eliza leads worship in a bit... It's, it gives us that freedom. So firstly, worship fosters intimacy. And worship is also a vehicle for proclamation. That's what we were doing. Tell out my soul. There's the proclamation. Speak out the truth. And it's a witness. When worship is fostering intimacy 
and is a vehicle for proclamation. When the, the prophetic and the worship go hand in hand, it is extraordinarily powerful. When it doesn't, it's just a load of singing and performance. Johnny and I often talk about that. The last thing we want to do when we lead worship is perform. Now, we want to get it right, because <laughs> we're good musicians, but it's, we don't want to get it right because we want to look good. We want to get it right so it doesn't distract. And if we get into singing and performance, it becomes a lot of wishful thinking. It becomes hard work. And actually, it becomes a work instead of being grace. It becomes us trying to make it happen. And guess what? It doesn't work. So, if worship is about intimacy, and intimacy enables to hit us to hear the voice of the Lord, and speaking out the word of the Lord enables us to worship, which enables us to intimacy, we, let's foster this way of doing things. Let's come in worship, be ready to hear his voice, that we might worship, and so be ready to hear his voice, and yield to him, and round we go. And I could teach on it for hours, you know what the best thing we can do is? Do it. That's a subtle hint that the band from the other end of the church need to be behind me. So we're going to do it. Eliza's going to lead us in worship. Alice is going to sing as well. And please, guys, just let this music here. You're going to have to let it wash over you and engage in however possible. If you want to move around, guys at home, do whatever you want to. If you want to move around, if that's part of what you feel is, you just want to stand up, you want to lie down, you do whatever you feel is right. But engage in that yielding to God, in that submitting to God, choosing the place of intimacy. Wendy's talking tonight about power and his presence and sharing some deep stuff, some testimony, which will be very powerful. If we've got more testimonies to share tonight, that would be great as well. So come and hear his voice. Lord, open our hearts. Lord, no, we open our hearts. Come and fill us again. We choose that place of intimacy. We choose to be with our heads laying back on your chest. Open our ears, Lord, that we hear your voice, your breath, your heartbeat. Come inhabit the praises of your people, Lord.